With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nico Hearn. Well, a year ago, he never knew if he could make that climb again. He was injured. He was unsure. He was apprehensive. Made the decision to leave the PGA Tour, join Liv. Most believe that was heavily influenced by a lot of doubt whether or not he could be at the top of the game again. Here he is about to win a fifth major title. He's all the way back. Kepka conquers the PGA at Oak Hill. Uh, this is incredible. Um, you know, this is wild. I look back at where we were two years ago, everything that's going on. Uh, it's, I'm just so happy right now. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words, but this is, this is just the coolest thing. And wasn't that major the coolest thing? The PGA Championship delivered in spades. It had just about everything you'd want in a major tournament. We can't wait to sink our teeth into it tonight and off the tee for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. Sam Hargraves joined by the former world number 16, the only man with a two-zip record in match play golf against the Tiger Woods. I speak, of course, of the Nick Ahern. Hello, mate. Sam, always great to be here after a major, especially. What a week. Oh. It was incredible, wasn't it? It, it, it was. Um, Brooks Kepka, we just heard from there, wins his third PGA Championship. Nine under, he finishes out a final day, three under, 67. He was two shots clear of Scotty Scheffler at seven under, who came storming home with a five under, 65 on the Sunday. And his playing partner, Victor Hovland, who will have nightmares about that 16th hole for the rest of his days. We'll speak about him in due course. Only Tiger and Phil have won more PGA championships in the stroke play. Sorry, only Tiger, and I've done it again, only <laughs> Tiger and Jack Nicholas have won more in the stroke play era. He's now a five-time major winner, joining the ranks of Peter Thompson, Byron Nelson and Seve Ballesteros, just to name a couple. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, to yep. be in that esteemed company with those names. The other, there's actually two more in that group. Jay, I was looking yes. this up: James Braid and Jay Taylor, I believe. But you've got to go back a long, yeah, long way know. for those guys. I know. But if you're mentioned in the same breath as Byron, Peter Thompson, obviously, and Seve, that is something pretty cool. And his performance was just uh, something to behold. And and the fascinating part about Brooks, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is how. Regular tour events or now live golf events don't really mean that much to him. But when the majors come around, he yeah. just clicks on. There's something about him that mm. just ignites him and he gets focused. And whenever he's in the hunt, there's almost a sense of inevitability about it. Because I know that Sunday round, every time Hovland had a chance to maybe pull level or just draw closer, uh, Brooks said, no, 
sorry, you're not going to take this away from me. And it was a dominant performance and the way he went about it, it was uh, just very impressive. Before he won the 2017 US Open, he'd only won the one PGA event, which was the Phoenix. Um, Wow. If my memory serves. You're probably right. But you're right. And then he went on that tear. So from 17, 18, 19, he was the dominant force um, in world golf. So he's got the back-to-back US Opens. He's now got the three PGA championships and and was back-to-back in 18, 19. He's tied for second twice at the Masters, including this year. And the irony of, of that performance and this performance, if you look at them in contrast, is that he had a one-stroke lead going into the final day of the PGA. He had a two-stroke lead going into the final day of the Masters. But unlike then, where he shot a three-over and lost to John Rahm by four shots, as we know, this time wouldn't be denied. Mm. So he has a three-under instead. Um, he Victor Hovland threw the kitchen sink at him and Scotty Scheffler was surging up the board behind him. He lays down the gauntlet with the three birdies early. And then every time he was challenged from there on, and we'll speak about some of the holes, and, and I know you will, every time he was challenged, instead of uh, capitulating like he did at Augusta, he, he was able to hold on. He found something else that he, if you watch Full Swing, never thought he'd be able to find again. He was <laughs> shot, yeah, mentally if, shot. If you watch that documentary, you thought, well, this guy's done. Please go yeah. and watch it if you haven't. <laughs> and it's episode two. He, he, he is a bereft of confidence that and, is probably why he joined Liv. And um, and he spoke at length about uh, Scheffler as well, how simple Scheffler was making the game look yeah. and uh, how he wanted to get back to that. And um, to your point, I, I think after the Masters, he spoke about it in his post-round press conference. He didn't give away the secret sauce that everyone wants to know, but mm. he said, look, I learnt my lessons at the Masters and I'm never going to do that again. He had an in-depth discussion with a friend's caddy the night uh, before and, and sp- or, or, the, or the week of and spoke about, okay, let's not make those same mistakes. Now, what that is, who knows, but... What do you think it was? I have a feeling... Well, I've, I've watched the Masters very closely and Ram, you've, you've got Ram and Kepka, two alpha males, mm. and watching that final round, if you go back and watch it, Ram dominated him. He, he, he became the alpha male and, and Kepka was just kind of like sitting in the wings walking off the tee, walking to the greens, things like that. Ram was ahead, charging. He was like a raging bull. It was impressive yep. to watch. Kepka was sort of searching, looking for his game. In this one, he's, he thought, no, I'm going to take control and I'm going to go out there and do it. Um, one of his, his short game coach, Pete Cowan, amazing guy, an Englishman, he was on the range with him before the final round and he said to Pete, look, my, my swing just doesn't feel great. Pete Cowan looked at him and said, your swing is fine. And that just sent a message to him to go, right, even if I don't have it today, mm. no one's taking this away from me. And the start he got off to, what, he uh, birdied three out of the four, first four holes. It was like, hang on, this could be a yeah. runaway victory. But to Hovland's credit, he hung in. But as I said, every chance that uh, Hovland had a chance to get back into it, Kepka, even when he made mistakes, mm. still put the foot down and said, no, you're not having this tournament, it's, it's mine. When Hovland um, birdied 13-14... Um, just before that, Kepka had to birdie 12 because he bogeyed 11 and it was levelled up at eight under at one point. For um, about uh, 10 seconds, I think. <laughs> yeah, for about 10 seconds. But then when he birdied um, 14 as well, that was massive. And then everything changes on 16. Yeah, I think for me the big 
what I took out of it was that 13th hole, the par five. Mm. Hovland didn't hit a great drive. Ended up hitting a nice shot in there for his third to about 15 feet. Got a birdie putt. Kepka has wedge in his hand. Blames a gust of wind, whatever it was. Comes up way short. Putts from off the green. Goes about 10 feet past. 10 footer down the hill. Very smelly putt. Not an easy one. Mm. I was thinking, okay, here's the two shot swing we've been looking for. Hovland, sure enough, bang, makes his birdie. I thought, there's no way Kep is going to make this, is yeah. he? And sure enough, he did. It was one of those clutch moments I was talking about. That just maintained the one-shot lead, got up on the next tee, drove the green, and oh, I'm thinking, it's over. It's that, over. <laughs> how big was that? And because if you'd been watching, you'd been watching everybody else come up short. The only other person to drive the green that day, and guess who? Made eagle, Cam Davis. Our we're gonna, Cam Davis. We're going to speak about Cam yeah. Davis because it was a really good um, tournament for, for Australians. By and large, a few not so, but and we'll go through all of that. Um, so, for Brooks now, when you're in that exalted company of five majors, only in the in the stroke play era, is there two people who have got more PGA championships than you, and their names are Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. So, all that we saw in that full swing documentary. His wife was worried about what the future held for them, and I she wasn't there. But I did see something quite amusing on Instagram that uh, the house security camera she posted vision of her walking into the trophy cabinet and dusting off a vacant shelf <laughs> with that the dog Jeff uh, trailing along behind, and that was. But but they were really worried that, that he, he didn't think he could compete anymore. Where is the money going to come from? She worried what the future was. He decides to join Live, and then. His, inju- he, he rec- his injuries, I don't think we ever fully understood how significant they were. And we certainly, in his own words, underestimated the mental injuries that he was enduring. Because even on the full swing, he said, I didn't go into it in as great a detail as I could have. Yeah, uh, I think it was both knees. One, he'd shattered his patella in his knee, mm. which uh, was a lot more severe than what I had actually first heard of. But uh, an incredible effort to come back from... Or that I don't think they've ever had financial worries. I wouldn't go. No, the go house was, was a bit of a giveaway. That, yeah, but, but but where does the money continue to come from? Well, I think he, is the... he's actually found the perfect schedule in a way because he doesn't really care that much about regular tour events. He said previously, look, when people look back on your career, the only thing they worry about is major championships. So, yeah. live is ideal for him because. He's playing exhibitions, well, depending on what you want to call these golf tournaments. They don't mean a lot to him in the big scheme of things historically. Mm. The ones he cares about is the majors. So he's getting paid incredibly well for the live events. And then when the majors comes along, he locks in and away he goes. He's, he's the perfect player for live golf, as it turns out. Other players will remain to be seen. Yeah. But the way he's able to switch gears in majors is incredible. I was looking it up uh, earlier. His winning percentage for regular tournaments or PGA Tour events, maybe live events now, is about 25 to 3%. That's his winning percentage. In majors, mm. it's almost 15%. It's 14 or it's something insane. like that. An incredible difference. Now, majors, the only people that compare in that regard, Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus, they're around 14 or 15 yep. as well. So that is incredible how much those events mean to him and how he can step it up. I think we'll always wonder what he may have done if he didn't get those injuries that he got when he got them because it was the physical first and then the mental that left him. And, you know, to he's, a, he's someone who's gone back-to-back in two majors. Um, that's, that's rare air in and of itself uh, as well. But there's still plenty of golf ahead of him, 33 years of age. Now I want to ask you, before we go to the break and come back and speak about all the other great stories sure. of the PGA Championship at Oak Hill... 
Two questions, actually. Did <laughs> okay. you hear some of the booing of Kepka? Uh, when he teed off with Bryson on the third day, yeah. I heard a little bit. It was more for Bryson than Brooks. It was yeah. It was a bit of a music. Scheffler got booed, though. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. everyone does. I mean, it, look. It's, it's a New York crowd. Yeah, it's New York. So Did you ever get booed in New York? Oh, all, all the time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got booed wherever I went. Oh, that can't <laughs> no, be true. I'm kidding, no. It's uh, probably after you beat Tyler. Well, I'd imagine you would well, have copped a few. Well, that day, yeah, I, I got called. Uh, I got more than booed. <laughs> what did you get? Oh, I got called everything. Just you, you know, you're going to choke like a dog. The whole thing. So, oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you know, they, they not didn't buy a tiger. No, of course not. No. <laughs> they, they didn't want me to win. But no, but that's just all part of, of sport. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that's been a, quite a conversation in other sports going on at the moment. Two, by every metric that there is. And there isn't a rule that says you have to be on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. to qualify for this. But by every metric, he should be a walk-up start to the Ryder Cup now, shouldn't he? And oh, look- yeah. They, they have a qualification uh, process. I believe he might be, like, number two in those rankings at the moment. Yeah, something like behind that. Scotty. Top six, yeah. So, Scheffler. Uh, the funny thing with – look, if you take out all that those metrics and, you know, if, he, if he's not guaranteed a start – You've got to look at team chemistry and those sorts of things. Um, but at the same time, you also want the 12 best golfers to represent America. And again, watching uh, the coverage and the post-round uh, coverage, Brandel Chambly and Brad Faxon were having a discussion on the whole yep. thing. And Sham- Chambly was talking about, you know, they shouldn't be allowed, you know, the money's coming from blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Faxon, he said, look, they're not playing for their tour. They're playing for their country. Yeah. So they're not playing for money. It's all about playing for their country. So in those regards, you go, well, right, let's take the 12 best players. And obviously, Brooks Kepriker is one of those. Yeah. And it was interesting to see Masters, we saw them all, everyone get along hunky-dory. I loved the fact that Rory McIlroy sought him out in the car park to give him a hug, as he's prone to do, Rory. But the most outspoken and and strident supporter of the PGA and that's taken a toll on Rory he's spoken about but he waited and he and he and he took his moment to give Brooks a hug to congratulate him so i know that Rory's not a part of the Ryder Cup team but mm. if if he's willing to do that and he is the the standard setter for the PGA then i wonder if that filters down because that would surely show that from a um Ryder Cup point of view um that he'd be okay with live golfers from the Europe side of things being a part of the ones that haven't torn up their DP. But that's a chat yeah. for another day. Well, the thing about the European side, I, just, I don't think there is any Europeans playing well enough from mm. on the live tour to play for the European team. Uh, we digress. We do. But it's an interesting chat to have and one that will get even more interesting because the, uh, the Ryder Cup is this year um, in September in Rome, USA versus Europe. So uh, we'll probably touch on that uh, throughout the course of this year on Off the Tee. We do it all for pure form golf. Uh, if you're wondering uh, where you can find out about Pure Form Golf, check out their website, improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. More great stories coming out of the PGA Championship on the other side of this on Off the Tee. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off the Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Feel free to get involved with us after what was an extraordinary PGA Championship, one 736 You can text in on the 40 Wings Temper text line, 433 Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you as we work our way through the great stories to come out uh, of the second major of the year for Ping Golf. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Can I just quickly um, touch on Scotty Scheffler? He was your pick 
pre-tournament, um, was playing brilliantly on days one and two, handled the conditions better than most. Um, a five-under round to finish tied for second when he'd given up a four-shot lead. Uh, the third round um, where I think he shot uh, three over. Yeah, I think uh, that was correct. He just had a bad nine-hole stretch there on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, he had three over in, in the third round. Um, he His last 11 majors, he's had nine top 27 top 10s. The Masters win last year, as we know, and he's been inside the top 10 after 22 of the last 28 rounds. I mean, he is as big a big-time player as there is, and he very nearly came through for you and will be ruining the three over, um, and he finishes up tied for second. Yeah, he really needs to get his act together, doesn't he? <laughs> his performance is is just something to behold. I, I mean, I was again, I was reading a stat. He didn't hold a putt inside 15 feet the entire tournament except for the last hole. He held a 15-foot, 9-inch putt for birdie. Mm. Yep. So he, he wasn't holding anything of length. I'm sure he made a few 10, 12-footers, whatever it was, for par or birdie here and there. But even at the Masters where, you know, he had an opportunity, he had a very cold putter and still had a top 10. Like, could have easily won I think that he had Masters. the coldest putter, I think we spoke yeah, about last week. Exactly, yeah. at the Masters. So his game uh, is just firing on all cylinders. And um, if you look historically at this tournament, Ten years ago, Jason Duffner, I mean, he almost had the yips really on short putts and still mm. was able to win. So it definitely was a ball striker's golf course. And Scheffler yep. from Teter Green is the best around. And that's what you spoke about last week. I picked Ram. I just think he's on a tear and I think he'll continue to be. Because of how difficult being anywhere other than fairway mm. was, I mean, it was almost ludicrous how deep that rough was and it and it made a mockery of some of the best in the world. I mean, go and have a look at the leaderboard and see who missed the cut. Ram only just made it and had to really scrap and fight and it was actually compelling watching to, to see him do so to stay above the cut line but that's what brought him unstuck. Um, you spoke about Scheffler's consistency and you were bang on because apart from that one day, um, he was incredible in really tough conditions. Yeah, he was. And, and off the tee, you know, Scheffler is, is one of the premier drivers of the golf ball, mm. not only in length but also accuracy as yeah. well. So you combine that on a golf course this tough. The fairways were narrow, but they still were hittable for, for most of the top players. I think as the week wore on, you'll notice when they did get in the rough, they were able to play out of it a bit more and more because more people are in there, they're walking yep. in there. The rough kind of thins out as the week wears on. Yeah. You see the practice days and they're always going, oh, this rough is impossible. But I can guarantee by Sunday there's a lot of playability in it for sure. But, uh, yeah, Scheffler's up there in a class of his own. Our other predictions beforehand, I asked you who are we thinking, if it's not going to be someone who's won a major and it's going to be someone's first-time major win... Uh, who are we going for? Um, I said Tony Finau. Yep. And you said... I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember either. It might have been Max Homer or someone like that. But I'll tell you who it wasn't, and I'm not sure why neither of us brought him up, was Victor Hovland. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. So he's now finished top 10 in the last three majors. So he was uh, tied for... I was having a look at this uh, a little earlier. So at the Open, which Cam Smith won last year, tied for fourth. He the Masters the group that day too. Uh, yeah, and then the Masters in the penultimate group and, and a real chance. I mean, I think he was only a shot back. Um, he was tied for seventh, fell away. Uh, he was playing with Patrick Cantlay, so he probably just fell asleep. <laughs> um, he, he tied for seventh, now tied for second at the PGA. But interesting in amongst all that, he was tied for third too at the players, the unofficial. Yeah. So his record in majors at the moment, 
he's so close to breaking through. He is. And I, I tell you, I was pulling hard for him on that Sunday. Yeah. Not, not only because I, I, I know he's a nice guy. I don't know Victor, but I've heard he's a really nice guy. And at the same time, I do know his caddy, Shane Knight, who is an Australian. So I was pulling hard for some sort of an Aussie victory if it wasn't going to be one of our players. At least it would have been great to have a caddy get, get it over the line. Now, if you're listening to us on Off the Tee, you're probably thinking, when are they going to speak about him? When are they going to speak about him? Well, okay, here we go. The Cinderella story, the feel-good story, maybe the feel-good story in sport this year, certainly in golf, is Michael Block. As we go to 15, Michael Block. He's doing well. They've only a couple over on a day like this. It's a lot of pressure. Couple bogeys. That's in. No That's way. a slam dunk one. Back to level. <laughs> oh, fantastic, Michael Block. What a star. No. No. Yes. No way. Oh, yes. <laughs> no way. Roy, did it go in? It hasn't sunk in yet, to be honest. Um, I hit that seven iron. And I didn't see it go in at all. Uh, the crowd was cheering, so I'm like, oh, I, I hit the green, so that's cool. And, uh, and then Roy turns around, and he comes and gives me a hug. I was like, Roy's giving me a hug for hitting it, like, 10 feet? I'm like, that's cool. And, uh, <laughs> and I go, did it go in the hole? And he's like, yeah, it went in the hole. I was like, cool. 46 years old from Mission Viejo. He's the teaching pro at Arroya Trabuca Golf Club. Michael Block. We're going to speak about him in substantial detail uh, on the other side of the break. Please do get involved with us if you'd like. Um, it's an incredible story, is Michael Block, in a tournament that had a fair few of those. The, the big news of the PGA Championship for Ping Golf. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Custom engineered, custom fit, custom built for you to play your best. Best week of my life is what Michael Block had to say, and we'll talk more about him and how the Aussies fared. And Nick Ahern is going to take the first element of building the ultimate golfer. That's all still to come on Off the Tee. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off the Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick Ahern. Uh, we're going through all the major news from the US PGA Championship. Uh, use ping golf equipment so you can play your best. Nick, before we went to the break, we played the audio of Michael Block, the Cinderella story from this year's PGA Championship. 46 years of age, he's a teaching pro. This is something that's unique to the PGA Championship. They invite teaching pros to come uh, and play. I think uh, this year he'd played a few tournaments around uh, California, and he'd made about $6,000 in doing so, US. Um, for his top 15 finish, uh, he was top 10 after the second round, the third round. He made 290000 US. His ranking went from 3580 in the world to 577. <laughs> he described what happened on the 15th as his tin cup moment, and he can cap it all off with getting a hug from Rory McIlroy, who he got to play with on the final day. I mean, he said it was the best week of his life. Is, have you come across a story as wholesome and, and as fun as, as this guy was and is? I don't think I have, or not in a very long time because my memory's not that great. But 
What an effort. I mean, 46 years of age. Well, Jack won the Masters at 46. Mm. (laughs) But uh, Michael's obviously not in that league uh, at all. But just an incredible week for him. That actually, that putt and that par he made on the last hole gets him into the PGA Championship next year as well. So top 15 and ties get into the PGA. So for a little while there, he was probably thinking, oh, top four, maybe I can get in the Masters. But uh, that didn't quite happen for him. He... He's also got an invite this week into the uh, Charles Schwab Cup, which is the tournament at the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. That golf course, that'll suit him down to the ground because it's short, tight, you've got to work the ball both ways. And he's a bit of an old school golfer. If you watched some of the things he did, I mean, I saw him on, was it the 17th hole, cutting a driver off the deck around the corner and beautiful shot up onto the green. He's got a lot of imagination and he had probably the best putting week of his life as well. So to shoot those scores under those conditions, he was the only PGA professional, when I say PGA professional, PGA of America professional that yep. made the cut. So uh, they have 20 players, PGA pros, that they put in the field. Personally, I think they should reduce that down to about 10 or so, maybe even less, just to strengthen up the strengthen up the field in that regard. But yep. it is great for those players to be involved and Cinderella story. He said that his wife's going to make him start charging more for lessons because he, <laughs> he spends about 40 hours a, a week teaching. Does he? That yeah. Mean, okay. I didn't think he taught that much, but maybe he does. Um, so I saw uh, well, the Ewan uh, Priest uh, put that out there. Um, I think he had to give, what was it, 2,005 or 600 lessons to uh, as the equivalent to, to, to yeah. make up that, that, that check that he made. <laughs> I loved when Brooks was walking off. Um, and Michael was there. Brooks was going to put his card in, and Michael was there, and he congratulated Michael, and he just said to him, I hear the drinks are on you tonight. <laughs> so Brooks has just won the three-point-whatever-million-it-is US for winning, but is that, a, is that a rule at a major, is it? If you <laughs> hole out, um, and if you, you hit a hole in one, that was a slam dunk too. I mean, it yeah. didn't touch... It was. It didn't touch a blade of grass. It was T uh, in the hole. It was incredible. That's um, a rule everywhere. Is that a though. rule? Is that a rule that you hole in one and you you pay for drinks? Yeah, well, that's the rule everywhere. Is it world. really? I didn't know you that. Know, well, you've never I had a hole in one, have you? Well, my nan did. I don't remember her okay. uh, shouting oh, the yeah. bar. Yeah, you got that. Well, again, some people do, some people don't, but that's kind of the the mythical rule going around that, yeah, you have a yeah. hole-in-one, you've got to shout the bar when you get back. That's why it seems to always be packed when someone knows someone's had a hole-in-one. The um, I, I loved, if I can mention Rory McIlroy, who actually had a, a, a quite a solid uh, PGA Championship, given how um, things had you know sort of been going for him of recent times. He finished off outright seventh, uh, 71-69. Uh, he was outright seventh, I should say, going in and finished tied for seventh. After um, yeah, shooting seventy one on the first day, but then three rounds of sixty nine after it, there was a massive gallery which he would be used to anyway. But it was all about Michael Block. I mean, it was it was almost Phoenix Open levels of excitement whenever he was doing anything. And I just love the fact that Rory's so comfortable and confident in his own skin. He's trying to get his season on track. He's trying to get his game back on track. He gave himself over to it. I mean, he he celebrated the hole in one. He hugged him. When they finished up on the 18th, he stepped off to let, you know, the, the, Michael Block have his moment. Mm. I just think it spoke volumes as to uh, who Rory is. Yeah. And then was... add that to him staying around to make sure he got to congratulate Brooks. He's a class act. He, he very much is. I mean, he's the pro's pro, I guess. And, yeah. and Michael Block had the 
perfect partners over the weekend here. Justin Rose, who's one of the nicest guys out there on the Saturday. Mm. And then to have Rory. I mean, his reaction when he found out he was playing with Rory on that Saturday night is priceless. Have a look at that up on social media. That was brilliant. The thing about Rory, though, was he he probably had his C game this week. He just could not uh, find any Mm. rhythm to his goal swing. He was struggling the whole week. And I actually thought after two or three rounds, I thought this may be the week for him because... He's, he goes into these events where he's putting so much pressure on himself to find his game and have his have his game. But on this particular occasion, he just didn't have it. But he was still in there with a chance. Yeah. So I thought, oh, maybe he can just find that bit of magic at the right time. Birdied the first hole on Sunday, but then made a very sloppy bogey on two and his run was over. Uh, so let's talk about the Aussies. Um, and let's first hear from Cam Davis. Probably I felt like I played the same as today all the way through the week, just didn't quite keep the momentum going and kept on stumbling right at the finish. Like I was, felt like I was under par coming down the last three holes every day and just really struggled to get over the finish line. But today, uh, today was really nice, especially 17. That one's been really bugging me and I finally hit a good drive and followed it up with two more good shots. So it was, uh, you know, would have been really nice to make that last putt, just have a drop over the front instead of finish up short. But, um, yeah, 65 is nothing to be ashamed about. Five under in a major is always a really good score. So I'm very pleased and very happy with the trend. So Aussie Cam Davis, 28 years of age, we were lauding the five under final round for Scotty Scheffler to finish tied for second. Well, that's what Cam Davis had, you just heard there. He finished up tied for fourth. Um, five under on the Sunday. It locks him in a master's berth next year, Nick. And should just about lock him in a US Open berth um, June 15th as well. It does. What a performance. Yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, we spoke about it last week. He's from T to Green. He's one of the best out there. Has a nice high ball flight. Mm. The thing impresses me with with, uh, Cam, when he gets in those situations, there's no fear in his game. He just goes and attacks and doesn't think about the consequences, which is a fantastic way to play the game of golf. And I wish that birdie putt had gone in on the last hole because that would have been the low round of the day of 64 by himself. He still Mm. had it tied low round of the day of 65. But uh, a wonderful performance. He moves inside the top 50 in the world rankings now, number 49. So that does actually get him into the US Open, uh, which is an awesome achievement for him. And again, LA Country Club, that may be a course that suits him because you're going to have to be very accurate off the tee and and be very good with your irons as well. We spoke before that uh, that, uh, Victor Hovland was the only player who didn't have uh, an over par round for the tournament. Cam Smith... 72-72, 72-72, so a two-over day, two-over day, an even day, and then he just found it yep. on the final day. So he finishes tied for nine. By the way, Cam Davis made 720000 US, which is just over a mil Australian. Cam Smith has the five-under day as well to finish in a tie for ninth, so another top ten finish um, at a major for Cam. Yeah, well, he led the field in putting, uh, mm. strokes gain putting, which is no surprise. We know he's one of the best putters in the world. For me, the concern going in for Cam was off the tee. And, and sure enough, I think the first couple of days, he, he didn't drive it as well as he would have liked and was four over through two rounds. So he, he kind of knew he wasn't going to win the golf tournament. But the final round, in his own words, he said he drove the ball much better, gave himself opportunities, and voila, there's a 65. So for him, it really is that driver on golf courses where you need to put the ball in play. Has missed the cut at the last two US Opens, so he hasn't had a great time of it uh, at US Opens, but tied for 34th at the Masters, but obviously last year the Open Championship win, tied for 13th PGA, tied for third uh, at the Masters. Um, you just feel like there's another one in him. 
Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, I, US Opens are tough for him again because it's all about driving the golf ball. I mm. think the British Open uh, and the Masters are the two for him where they're the ones. Yeah, If he is going to win a major, I think it'll be one of those two. Uh, the good stories keep rolling for Australia. Minwoo Lee, who was actually in the top 10 uh, heading uh, into the final day, he has earned himself a special temporary membership on the PGA for the rest of the season. Finished tied for 18th after uh, the final round. Um, his best is is brilliant. Yes. And it's now, I mean, you've spoken about it a few times, the challenge for him is? Well, consistency. Yeah. <laughs> that's the big thing with uh, with Minwoo Lee. And, and whether that's a mental or a physical thing, uh, you know, that's that's within his camp to discuss. But great to see him get a top 20 there in the major, getting that uh, special temporary membership. He also gets a US Open start as well, given he's mm. in that top 50 in the world ranking. So the other person that earned the same temporary membership was uh, New Zealand's Ryan Fox. Great to yes. see him do that, and that's a real dream come true for Ryan because he's always wanted to play in the States. He was tied for 23rd. Um, by the way, Cam Davis now inside the top 50, um, which I think he started the year at around 90, if memory serves, and has been steadily just chipping away. So inside the top 50 now. Um, Ryan Fox tied for 23rd. Adam Scott was tied for 29th. Um, yeah, rounds two and threes of 74, but he had a 68 on the opening day and a 69 on the final day. Um, Lucas Herbert, tough first day and did well to make sure that he actually made the cut after shooting 75 on the first. We spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and off the tee. You can check that out on the podcast. He finished tied for 40th. Um, Jason Day missed the cut 76 and 72. We we both had him as we thought would be the best performed Aussie. Yeah, well, if he'd had done any preparation for the golf course, I think he might have had a chance. I was really surprised when he said, no, I haven't seen the golf course. I'm going to get my first look at it on Thursday. I mean, that is incredible for him to do that, going into a major. Very, very surprising. At the very least, you've got to go walk the course, take yeah. a putter and a wedge and just go look at the greens, look at the rough. He had no clue what the golf course was going to be like, and that was a massive surprise for me. Is that something that he's done often? I think he said he's done it before, but I can guarantee he hasn't made it. But was this the course to do it? Because it made mortals out of some of the greats. Yeah, it certainly did. It was very surprising for me the way he went about that. You you mentioned Scotty uh, earlier finishing uh, tied 29th. Yeah. I watched him the first round. He was playing flawless golf. Unfortunately, double bogeyed the 18th that first round, and that Mm. was almost his tournament over because after that he took a big dent in the confidence and fell away. But, gee, he was looking good that first round. Always looks good. Yeah. It was a surprise with Jason Day, but Dave Michaluzzi also missing the cut as well. So, But that's his first major. Great experience for him. I'm sure he learned a lot out of it. He'll be at the Open Championship. Of course, he he gets that um, start after topping the uh, Australasian PGA Order of Merit. Uh, Steve Alker missed the cut as well, the New Zealander. Um, I think that pretty much wraps us up uh, from the, the PGA Championship. Nick, is there anything else we missed? Oh, did you see Tom Kim fall into the mud on the first day? We missed that. <laughs> and he went viral for doing oh, so. That was incredible to watch. And Love uh, Tom Kim. Yeah, it was. he went searching for a ball that he probably shouldn't have and... Got stuck in the mud and then he took a bath in the creek. That was the most hilarious thing because he disappeared for a while and came up and all of a sudden he's clean. So. The response when they showed him <laughs> that he'd gone viral, he just couldn't find a rock big enough to crawl under. Um, but he took it very well uh, just as he took the mud bath uh, that he uh, went into as well. But, uh, I mean, geez, if every major could dish up the storylines that the, the PGA Championship did, uh, we'll be spoiled. Yeah, it was a it was a, just a fantastic uh, major championship. Everything you hoped for it had all the drama, uh, a little bit of controversy in there as well. But it was just uh, it was just brilliant to watch. And and I think the golf course 
very much held its own. It wasn't too difficult. A winning score was, what, nine under par. So anywhere in those single digits, mm. I think, is a great result. Uh, so the top ten in the end, Brooks Kepka, uh, Victor Hovland and Scotty Sheffield tied for second, Cam Davis, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Kurt Kitayama getting his first major top ten. So too did Sepp Straka, uh, as Cam Davis did as well. Rory McIlroy and Sepp Straka were tied for seventh. And then Patrick Cantlay, Justin Rose and Cam Smith were tied for ninth. Um, when we come back... I asked Nick Ahern to build us the ultimate golfer. He is going to put the first piece of this bionic golfer together on the other side of the break. On, off the tee. It'll be done after this. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off the Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick Ahern. Before we put the first piece of the ultimate golfer puzzle together, Nick Ahern, a couple of other results that caught your eye. Well, the first one was uh, on the women's side of the game. Gabby Ruffles mm. won her qualifier for the US Women's Open, which is going to be at Pebble Beach coming up. I mean, how's that for a venue? Pebble Beach wow. for the US Women's Open. So she won it uh, at the Vancouver Golf Club. So uh, an amazing win for her. And she's just forging that career ahead. She's played in US Opens before, but... Pebble Beach, that'll be something special. I drove past there once and thought, oh, how good would that be? How good is it? <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah the, the, the vistas uh, are just second to none in the world and it's uh, it's one of those places, that whole Monterey Peninsula, if you ever go, you've got yeah, to see it, there and if yeah. somehow you can sneak onto Cypress Point, that's the place. The, there was a, I saw something on Instagram the other day, someone had filmed uh, that uh, I think it cost about $600 to play there. If you Pebble? Yeah. A, a guy had his daughter playing with him and she was just running around and jumping into the sand and throwing <laughs> sand okay. around. Right. And this person said, oh, I can never get on there, and this bloke's got his daughter, daughter. running around, running amok. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's like you, you took your son out the other day for a game. I right? did. Hey? I put uh, Charlie in the pram, and I put my, my clubs on my back. Yep. I love and I it. thought, how's this going to be received? And everyone was great and, and so receptive and accommodating, and he... Didn't cry at all. Um, I cried a lot because <laughs> I was playing so badly, but he even clapped a couple of my shots. Oh, brilliant. It was one of the most beautiful moments I've had as a father and he was... Um, I thought, he, you know, you, you might have had the clubs on the back and one of the baby Bjorns on the front and you could swing with... No, I that, wonder if it would help my work. arms stay in alignment. Mate, maybe with it? putting it might help, yeah. <laughs> it, he, he could be my good Rock luck Rock the baby, job. that's yeah. one of the sayings it is for putting, too. right? So there you go. Why didn't I do that? It got me thinking that I wonder if I could find a golf club where I can put the word out to other parents who are at home who love to play golf that on this morning of this day, it's instead of going to like uh, Jimbaroo or yeah. uh, story time at the library, which are all great things, by the way, and you should still do, we can go and have a, a, a golf buggies and babies morning at a golf club. Buggies and babies, there you yeah. go. That's the catchphrase. Love it. Uh, we digress. We do. Uh, Sergio Garcia, by the way, birdied the last hole of a US Open qualifier. His exemptions in other majors uh, have uh, fallen by the wayside. He's got uh, his 24th US Open in a row coming up. Um, he went through qualifying. To get there. He did. He wasn't in the PGA the Championship. Yes, and that's what's going to happen for a lot of these live golfers with their world rankings tumbling. They won't be able to get into future majors, so the only other way to get in the US Open, the Open Championship, is to go and qualify. Oh, I love it. Good on him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're building the ultimate golfer. Um, so we decided to do this last week, and uh, if we were going to build the ultimate golfer, we were going to have the drive, uh, the fairway, Fairway woods, long irons. Long irons, short Should irons. We go mid irons as well or just long irons, short irons? Long irons, short, short irons. irons. Okay. Uh, chipping. Yes, bunkers. Bunkers. 
Putting. Putting. Putting we could divide up maybe into lag putting. Oh, yeah. And then the mental. And the mental, of course. Yeah. So they're yes. our categories. Mm. Um, we don't need to do hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could, but, yeah, a lot of the pros don't use them. But we're going to start with driving. Okay, so who's so driving is going to make the ultimate golfer? Well, I was, you know, referring to him earlier, obviously, with the way he uh, is or how good he is from tee to green. And we're going to go with Scotty Scheffler off the tee. And no surprises to a lot of people, I'm sure. But number one, he's long off the tee. Averages around 310 yards. That's pretty handy. Mm. Leading the PGA Tour stats is Rory McIlroy. A lot of people say, why wouldn't you choose Rory? He's the longest. Well, unfortunately for Rory... He ranks number one in driving distance, but he's also ranking about 192 in driving accuracy. So he doesn't drive it that straight at the moment. And what's Scotty Scheffler? Scheffler in accuracy, I think, is around the 21 mark. Right. And in total driving distance, he's around 20, 25 around there as well. So you're so, looking to try and find this axis yes. of uh, mm. where, where, where distance meets accuracy. Yes. And you feel like you have it. Is anyone else in about a similar situation with round top 20 for accuracy and distance? The only other player I would think of would be Patrick Cantlay, but mm. uh, it would take me too long to watch him tee off. <laughs> so I'm not going to go there. We're going to go with Scotty. <laughs> but I think the other, the other thing yeah. with Scotty is he's able to work the ball both ways, off the tee, fades, draws. Ah. He's able to manipulate the ball. A lot of the players, they can't work it both ways. I mean, you see John Rahm 99% of the time just hitting a power fade, which certainly works. Although he did hit the draw on the 13th at Augusta, if you remember that, uh, that shot he hit around one of there. the shots. It was. Yeah. However, he doesn't do it very often, so I'm not that sure that that can mm. be that reliable, but he obviously trusts it. But Scheffler can do it at will. Now, the fascinating thing about that choice is because his, his style is incredibly unique. I'm just looking at where the ball goes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch the footwork. Well, you can if you want, but you might have nightmares at the same time because their feet are going all over the place, but it's fun to watch. All right, we're going to make sure that we get this out on socials as well, but the ultimate golfer that we're building, the drive of... Scotty Scheffler. Done. Hey, uh, tip of the week. Yes. Um, the rough. Mm-hmm. So uh, I found myself in a fair bit of it uh, the other day, taking Charlie uh, around, and um, uh, that meant that the pushing of the pram was a lot more difficult than uh, it, it really should have been. Um, the rough at uh, Oak Hill was extraordinary. It was. I mean, yeah. balls were disappearing mm-hmm. in there. Luckily, the crowd were there to spot them uh, and find them. The tips and the tricks for playing in deep rough and playing out of deep rough? So thick rough, first of all, you've got to almost take your medicine in a little bit of a way. Loft is your friend out of the thick rough. So if it is in deep stuff, just pull the wedge out. Don't try and pull the five, six, seven, nine out because what happens with the club face is it gets shut down through the ball when you're trying to hit out of the thick stuff. So go for more loft. That will, that will certainly help. Next thing is you want to come into it with, it with a descending blow. So if anything, move the ball back in your stance about an inch or so, lean a little bit of weight into that into your front leg and try and hit down on the, bit, on the ball a bit more. A lot of people, when they're in the thick left, try and lift the ball out and unfortunately that does not work. You've got to hit down on the ball to get the ball going up, a bit of a opposites in, in that regard. And lastly, hold onto the club tighter because the grass will want to grab the club face and twist it, so you need to hold onto that club with a bit more pressure. And it would also prevent your, your follow-through. Yeah, getting, you're going to have a slightly abbreviated yeah. follow-through, yeah. But chop down on it, hold that club tight and use a bit more loft and the ball should pop back out in play. The book is How to Play Your Best Golf. The tip of the week is always for Mizuno Golf. Hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno. Mizuno Golf. Find your nearest stockist or fitter at mizunogolf.com slash au. Remember, if you've got a question you'd like to ask Nick Ahern off 
the T at sen.com.au. We've got an email address set up if you'd like to send in your problems, uh, your, your, your peccadillos that are causing you and preventing you from playing your best golf. Uh, this is the man that can help you with it. Um, Cam from Sunbury has texted in and said, call the baby in golf session Bubs and Clubs. Oh, I like that. That's way better. That's much better, actually. Cam, done. Uh, I think this has got legs. Yeah, we can start this. Bubs and Clubs, coming <laughs> to a golf course near you. That may not make some people very happy. Uh, it's okay with me, although I'm not having another baby, so it's okay. <laughs> well, you can be our special guest, uh, a celebrity guest, uh, when we do it. Hey, mate, thank you so much. Cheers, Sam. Same bat channel, same bat time uh, next week. Uh, big thanks to Jules for putting this all together with us as well. Uh, the World Game is up next, or the Global Game is up next on SEN. This has been Off the Tee.